Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to another episode of the show. The NBA draft is completed, was completed last Thursday. Um, wanted to take a look at my winners from this year's draft. Losers, I'm not going to do. Uh, I'm just doing winners this year. So, some guys went a little bit higher than we had originally thought. And some guys went a little bit lower, which happens in every draft. But I'm going to pick out about uh, four or five teams that I thought were winners in this draft. I'm not going to do... Some people do like the the players who are maybe winners or GMs who are winners and stuff like that. I'm just going to make it very easy and just do the teams that I thought were winners, the teams, teams that I thought did well in this draft. And at the end, I'm going to just talk about some other teams that I thought did a decent job uh, at kind of recuperating their roster and getting value for their picks. So I'm going to do that at the end of the show where I have, I think I have like two or three teams that I, I kind of had just on the outside looking in. So the first winner I had was the Golden State Warriors. So uh, Brendan Pazimski from, they drafted Brendan Pazimski from Santa Clara, shooting guard, 6'5". He was 19th overall, um, 20 points per game, 9 rebounds, close to 4 assists, close to 2 steals per game, 48% field goal percentage, and 44% from 3. So go figure that the Warriors add one of the best shooters in the draft. I mean, go figure, right? After trading Jordan Poole, they just kind of <laughs> recuperate uh, and they get Brendan Ponzinski from Santa Clara. Again, traded Jordan Poole. Thompson is getting a little bit older. We'll see what happens with him and his contract situation with the Warriors, but they do add another shooter. I think he is going to have a role from day one. That's a hot take for me. So I think he's going to be in the rotation from, from day one, from the first NBA game. And onwards, I think he's gonna he's gonna get minutes for this Warriors team. And with Poole gone, I think he's gonna fight with minutes. He's gonna fight for minutes with guys like Modus, Moses Moody. I know Kaminga's a little bit bigger. He's I think he's like seven six now. Uh, so he's gonna fight with Kaminga as well for minutes. And I think this is just classic Warriors drafting a guy who is one of the best shooters, and it's kind of been their DNA where they've tried to do this. Pretty much since they drafted Steph and Clay, where they just go for shooters. Feels like big men aren't even an option for them anymore. Um, and I think at 19, what, what did I say? Yeah, 19 that where he got drafted. I think this is uh, about where a lot of people had Pazimski going. Like two, three months ago, he was in the 30s or 40s. And then he started to, you know, kind of climb up the uh, mock drafts of the boards very quickly. Uh one thing is played at a smaller program in Santa Clara. So like how good is the competition? I like, I completely get that, but there's been a lot of guys who have been drafted in previous years who haven't had, who played in smaller conferences who have made a really good career in the NBA. So I think that's something that you kind of keep in the back of your mind, but listen, I can only go off what I've, what, what scouts have seen from him in, in the NCAA. And I, a lot of people like what they've seen. So 44, 44% all catch and shoot jumpers, excellent touch inside the arc, 45% of runners, and 60% of the rim, which is a very good number. He's going to need to prove, improve defensively. Like, he wasn't bad, but smaller, quicker guards get by him very easily. So that's kind of the mold of 
I guess, uh, uh, Jordan Poole as well. Steph Curry at least tries on defense. It feels like Jordan Poole, guys just got by him. Um, opponent shot 59% at the rim on him, which is also an alarming number. But if they bring Draymond in, Draymond's an excellent defender. Kaminga has shown glimpses of him being a great defender. Um, well, you have Wiggins there. So I think that might not be as big as an issue as we're kind of making it out to see. But I think it's important to, you know, state those numbers and kind of talk about his disadvantages um, while he's, um, you know, fighting for a job in the NBA. Uh, the other question is, is he a long-term replacement for Clay Thompson? Looking at this roster, if, if you were to look at it right now, I think he's the obvious candidate for being a replacement for Clay Thompson. Moses Moody, I like what I've what I saw in the last playoffs from him. And I think that Moses Moody could become a viable and a very good player off the bench as of right now. Like I'm not saying that's his ceiling, but from what I've what I saw in the playoffs, and I, I thought he got better as the playoffs went along. I think next year that he can be a solid player off the bench. So if you're bringing in guys like Podzinski and Moses Moody off the bench, I think that's very good. Clay Thompson, again, I don't know how many games he's going to play. Chris Paul is there as well. So now you got to fight with another guy for minutes. We'll see how it all shapes up, but I really like the pick, like I said. And he has Curry and, and CB3 for kind of ball distribution, right? So, and Chris Paul isn't the defender that he used to be, but I think he's still very serviceable in this league. And when you think about it, some people have CP3 pegged as maybe a starter for this team. And then Curry kind of moving um, to the two guard and maybe Clay playing the three. And then, you know, you have Wiggins and, and, and Draymond, but I, I don't think that's a realistic starting lineup. But coming on, coming into the game with a guy like CP3 who has close to 20 years of NBA experience, I think for, for, for Podzemski, that's a... You know, that's a great kind of mentor to have and a great guy to have um, come off the bench with you. And I think there's some games where we could see both these guys start because, you know, Curry isn't going to play all 82. Clay isn't going to play all 82. Draymond prob probably isn't going to play all 82. So they're going to see some playing time. And like I, like I mentioned previously, he's one of the biggest risers in the draft. Going 19, a month and a half ago to two months ago, he was in the 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s. So, great climb for him. I think it's a it's a solid pick as of right now. Like when we look at it, it's a solid pick for for Golden State. And I think his like his improvement over the next 2-3 seasons is going to be imperative to kind of see what his role in the NBA is. But I really like the pick, like I said. You can never have enough shooters in the NBA. Uh when you take a look at you know, the Miami Heat, they kind of struggled in the in the finals because they didn't have enough shooters. They couldn't score baskets in the last four games. I think they averaged something like 94, 95 points per game, and that's not going to win you a lot of games in the NBA. So that's, I thought that was a great pick for them. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, power forward, slash center, 6'9", and his numbers were 21 points per game, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, close to 3 blocks, and 58% uh, field goal percentage. So they, so... They kind of went a different way here, Golden State, with drafting a guy who can defend and get up and down the court. So he was Big Ten All-Defensive team last two seasons, first team All-American and first team All-Big uh, Ten. So this is a guy who literally went second last in the draft. He can run the floor. He's going to benefit from CB3, Draymond, and Curry. 
73, 73 dunks on the season. So he's a lob threat for them. And again, he's coming in a situation where he has veteran players all around him. And I think this is going to benefit him. I think he fell a lot in this draft. I mean, we're talking about a guy who went second last overall. So what's that? Like 57th in the draft. A lot of people had him pegged going in the first round. At worst, somewhere in the first five or six picks in the second round. And you get a guy like that in the second last pick of the draft. I think that's excellent value for Golden State. And he could become a real problem if he develops a jumper. He was only 21% on jump shots last season. So if he can just become respectable on a team like this, I think it's going to it's gonna work magic for him and, and this team. And he could honestly become a similar mold to Draymond, right? Draymond's getting up there in age and looks like he's resigning with the Golden State Warriors. And he could become that same mold. Like four four assists per game is, is, a, is a really nice number to have. And remember, he played with a guy in Jalen Hood's uh, Scafino at Indiana as well, who was the point guard. So, and Draymond was a, Draymond is a big, if you want to call him, at, at six eight six nine. And like I said, he fell a lot in the draft, and in my opinion, a lot of people had him going first round. I actually had him going 26th overall to the Indiana Pacers. Um, Indiana took Ben Shepard, Belmont, who's a really good shooter as well, actually. So he fell a little bit. I like the fact that they kind of went away from the, I mean, you can't just draft shooters. At some point, you're going to have to draft players who can do different things for you. But I really like the pick. And it's a it's a big-time value pick. Second last pick in the draft. I really like it. They got rid of uh, Baldwin in that trade. Ryan Rollins as well. Ryan Rollins. I was, I was a big fan of Ryan Rollins last season, actually. Um, so, I mean, they got another player, right? Like, who averaged a lot of points, rebounds. He could get it done on, on both ends of the court. So, again, they're kind of building up that bench because... Their, their starters are pretty much set. And this is kind of a little bit of warning to the guys who haven't produced in the last two, three seasons that they've drafted, right? I'm talking about Moses Moody. I'm talking about Jonathan Kaminga. Like, if you guys aren't ready to produce, we're going to have two guys off the bench who are probably ready to come in and make an impact right away. So this is going to push a lot of guys to get better. And I really like both the picks from, from the Golden State Warriors uh, in this case. Uh, next winner, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Jalen Hood, uh, Scafino, Indiana point guard, 6'6", 13.5 points per game, four rebounds per game, close to three assists, and close to one steal. So he went 17th overall, which is basically around where a lot of people had Jalen going. So uh, he went 17th to the Lakers. Some people mocked him going to Atlanta at 15, New Orleans at 14, and Toronto at 13 as well, being a point guard in Toronto needing one. So the Lakers pretty much need a point guard with Schroeder, Reeves, and Russell entering free agency. If Russell and or Schroeder aren't back, he could be playing quite a bit. I'm going to assume that Reeves is going to be back. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that he's going to be back and Lakers are ready to pay him close to $100 million through the entirety of the contract. Great, uh, great from mid-range and is really good in the pick and roll. So you start thinking about Anthony Davis in kind of that role as well. Um, with his size at 6'6 for a point guard, he has the potential to be a solid defensive stopper. He, that He's not a bad defender, but he's going to need to get a little bit better um, as as he kind of matures and, and gets his feet under him in NBA. Uh, 
three-point shooting and getting to the rim, he's going to need to get a lot better at. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't convert a high rate at the rim. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it's some somewhere in like the 50s, which isn't a very good number. And I think those are the two kind of uh, swing factors for him in the NBA, developing a three-point shot and getting to the rim and his defensive game, getting it a little bit better. Because he's a big point guard. 6'6", is, is a huge point guard to have on your team. And like I said, Schroeder, I don't expect to be back. And Russell, I don't think he's going to be back. So you have Reeves off the bench. You don't have necessary pieces, guys who could come in, especially at that point guard position. And I think he's someone who can make a difference for him. And he's gonna, we're going to learn learn a lot about um, Jalen in the summer league. And it's kind of this is going to be the time for him to get his feet under him and, and to kind of learn the NBA a little bit more. So I'm really looking forward to see what the Lakers have in him. Uh, Maxwell Lewis, Pepper 9, small forward, 6'7", 17 points per game, close to 6 rebounds, close to 3 assists, uh, 0.8 blocks and steals per game, so close to 1, and 35% 3-point shooter. He could become a real asset if he can develop his defensive game. Uh, lack of small forward depth really hurt the Lakers in the playoffs, so they couldn't really count on Vanderbilt in the playoffs. Congrats, you're one of the better, uh, maybe not one of the better small forward defenders in the league, but you're very good. But at some point, you have to give him more than two or three points a game because you have to keep the defense honest as well. It's great that you can get out, defend a bunch of guys, but offensively, you have to give me something. And if you don't give me something defensively or offensively, the opposing team is going to expose you because they're just going to leave you alone and you're going to have wide open shots. And that really messes with your, like ment- mentally have your approach games, right? Like there's a reason why I'm wide open on jump shots because I can't make them. And the teams would gladly give me every jump shot and, you know, kind of hope that you miss or that you will miss. So he shot 44% on catch and shoot threes, 63% at the rim, 57% in the half court, 33% off the dribble. So these are just some quick numbers, 34% on isos and 28% on dribble threes. So those are some things that he's, some things that he's really good at and some things that he's really going to have to kind of work on. And he is, for the most part, a different player than uh, Jalen Hoods-Cafino because he can get to the basket. So he loves getting to the basket. Uh, he loves contact. He can convert. And he pretty sure he shoots something like 75 77% uh, from the free throw line. So he's going to become an asset. And that small forward position, again, for the Lakers, hasn't been that good. You know, you got Troy Brown. You got Vanderbilt. You got... Um, Wayne and Gabriel, but I think if Maxwell Lewis can develop his defensive game, I think he'd become a real asset. He's one of my favorite players in this draft, actually. I had him in my mock draft. I think I had him going somewhere. I have it in front of me. Let me just see if I... I had him going 11th to the Magic, and he ended up going like 40th to the Lakers. So he's another guy who fell quite a bit. So he's kind of like... Cam Whitmore, like Cam Whitmore really, really fell in this draft. I mean, I assume Houston was thinking about taking Cam fourth overall, and he was ended up being there for them at like 21 or wherever he got select, selected. Yeah, 20, 20th overall to the Rockets. So I think this is a great value pick. I think for both their picks, the Lakers went with the best available player, and I think that's an excellent thing to do because you already have LeBron and AD, two guys you can build around, and then you're just kind of looking to fill in the rest of the roster. So I think both were excellent picks for the Lakers. Really like what they did in this draft. I think one of the 
one of the better drafts of all the teams in this in this draft considering where they had their picks and we heard a lot about Lakers maybe looking to deal their picks or especially number 17 where they drafted Jalen Jalen and they kept on to that pick and I think they got a really good player uh, next winner Oklahoma City Thunder um, case uh, on Wallace Kentucky point guard 6-4 uh, 11.7 points per game, 4.3 assists, 3.7 rebounds, two steals, 35%, three-point percentage. So they drafted one of the best point guard defenders in this draft. He def- Defensively, he does everything well. Like playing passing lanes, guarding guys, full court, pressure on, on the offense. Like he does defensively, everything is very, very good. 64 at percent at the rim 60 percent in the half court now what you can do is you can pair him up with Lou Dort and cause serious problems defensively Lou Dort is one of the better shooting guard shooting guard small forward defenders in the league offensively there's some work to do for both although I would say uh Kaysen Wallace is a little bit more polished uh, offensively than than Lou Dort Lou Dort is literally more of a three and D guy but they got a really good point guard here and he's a solid replacement for Giddy when he goes to the bench and now Oklahoma City Thunder have one of the, the I'm going to say the best young core in the league. And now it's going to be time for them to step up and not just fight to make the playoffs, but to fight for seeding in the playoffs. I think they can fight for fifth or sixth in the, in the Western Conference. Like, I literally think that they have the all-star young core of the league. Like, the two Jalen Williamses. They got Kaysen Wallace. They still got SGA. They got Giddy. They got Chet Holmgren, who we've yet to seen play. They got Isaiah Joe. Like they have, they they have the best young roster in the NBA, and I don't think it's even close. I really don't think it's even close. And they got Man as well, who can come in and hit some threes for you as well. So they've really done a great job of drafting the last two or three seasons. Um, Count Johnson, Kansas State. Shooting guard, small forward, 6'6", 17.4 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game, 2.1 assists, 40% from three, 51% field goal percentage overall. So he's he's the feel-good story of the draft. So if you don't know, he collapsed on the court at Florida about two or three seasons ago, later transferred to K-State, and it looks like he didn't, he didn't skip a beat. He was excellent for K-State with Noel as their point guard. 45% on catch and shoot threes this past season, ability to guard two through four. So three different positions that he can guard, which is also an asset in the league. Length and lateral quickness can make him a special defender. So he's he's a good defender, but I think that if, if he works on this part of his game, being so athletic, he can get even better. He's super athletic. He's probably one of the top three leapers in this league, in this draft. And they took, they got him in, in, middle of the second round something like that so yeah they got him 50th overall um he has to keep the turnovers down and make better decisions going to basket i'm honestly not too worried about that because there are other ball handlers on this team like you have sga you have giddy you have case and wallace you have isaiah joe like he might not even be able to there might be no reason for him to can't handle the ball at uh at a high rate you know what I mean? So that part of his game might not even be be a concern. And again, Oklahoma City Thunder, they 
feels like they did something what the Lakers did as well. They just got two really good players in, in, in the draft who kind of fell into the laps and they took the best player. And Kaysen Wallace also 6'4". His wingspan is something like 6'9", 6'10". So you got two guys who can defend and hit shots in the draft. And I think they're starting. They're really starting to build a, build a really, so, really solid young core. And I think at some point they're going to look to deal some of these pieces. And to get a proven veteran who can kind of push them over the top. And if all their players pan out, or most of them do, they can become a serious threat in the NBA for years and years to come. Because they've done a great job, again, of drafting. Um, Keontae Johnson, I think I had him mocked at the close to the end of the first draft. Yeah, I had him going 27th to um, the Charlotte Hornets. So, and he ended up going 50th or whatever it was, 50th overall to the OKC. And that's kind of normal. Like, there's a lot of guys who are, you know, borderline first, second rounders who end up going a little bit late, a little bit earlier, whatever the case may be. It's not a, it's not a big deal. But again, they got a leaper. They got a guy who can provide them with energy off the bench. And I think that's something that they're going to have with Casey Wallace as well. So when these two guys come on for Oklahoma City Thunder, you better watch out because County Johnson is a is a highlight reel. And I hope we see a lot of it in the next few seasons in the NBA. Next winner, Utah Jazz. Uh, Taylor Hendricks from UCF. Uh, power forward, centered 6'9". 15.1 points per game. 7 rebounds per game. 1.7 blocks per game. And 39.4% from 3. So, this pick would have been perfect for the Dallas Mavericks. who were So, Hendricks went ninth overall to Utah. Dallas Mavericks had the 10th overall pick. And as soon as Taylor uh, Taylor Hendricks was taken, Dallas had traded the pick to Oklahoma City at 12, and Oklahoma City moved up to number 10 to take Hayson Wells. So I think this would have been the perfect pick for uh, Dallas. Obviously, it didn't work out for them. And Hendricks does it on both ends at a high rate. So he runs the floor very well, isn't afraid to get post rise so to say he'll meet guys at the rim he can guard one through five switches effort effortlessly effortlessly easy for me to say 39 percent on all catch and shoot jumpers he has to rebound a little bit better so his first his size at 6'9 he only averaged 5.4 defensive rebounds per 40 minutes so that's something that he's going to have to get a little bit better with and honestly i don't even know if that's an issue with a guy like walker kessler who can grab 15, 20 rebounds on any given night. You also have Markin in there. You also just got John Collins. So they have a lot of bigs there. John Collins did just traded for today for, and they gave up Rudy Gay and, and the second round draft pick. So the d- defensive rebounds might even be a, a, a big issue. I think that if Hendricks impresses in the first, let's say 15 to 20, 25 games of the season, I think that they could possibly move Markin into small forward and just start Hendricks at power forward. Or they just go really small. Whether you have Walker Kessler at center and then you could do either Markin or Hendricks at power forward and the other guy just plays small forward. And defensively, I think Hendricks and Kessler could be a nightmare matchup for a lot of bigs in the NBA. So I love what they did with that pick. Really do like it. And it feels like at that pick, they just took the best guy available. Utah could have gone with someone like 
even Case and Wallace because they do they do kind of need a point guard. So they could have gone with him. They could have gone with Grady Dick who can shoot the ball. There's a lot of different ways that they could have gone. They could have gone with uh, Jaime Hasquez Jr. A lot of experience playing in the NCAA. I think he's played like five, six seasons because of the extra year of COVID eligibility. Um, Whitehead, Chris Murray. like they, There's a lot of things that they could have done here. So I'm glad that they took Hendricks. They basically took the best player who I thought was available at that time. Apart from Cam Whitmore, if you want to include him in that. And they just did it. And they're kind of looking to to see if they can fit all the pieces together and to make a run. Because remember, they were they were kind of close to making the play-in last season. For a team that we thought was going to win like 15 games, you know, they fought really hard. And, you know, I applaud them for not just throwing the season away for, for a really good draft pick. And they ended up getting a really good draft pick anyways. Ninth overall is, is pretty damn good for a team that was in the playoff race up until probably mid to late March. So, yeah. I think that they did excellent with this pick. Uh, their second pick was uh, Keontae George, Baylor, shooting guard 6'4". 15.3 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, 2.8 assists, and 1.1 steals per game. So he's a great pick-and-roll player, which will benefit Kessler, who can roll to the hoop, and he's always looking to kind of dunk the ball. Everything that they have in Kessler is what they essentially had in Rudy Gobert for a number of years. And he has kind of the mold of a Jordan Clarkson. He didn't shoot well from three but there's a lot of upside there for him he's not a bad defender just has to develop consistency like there was there was certain positions where he would give the opposing player like nightmare like he just didn't give up on the ball and he just said you know what you're not getting this off I'm going to try to do my best to defend you as as good as I can he just needs to be more consistent in that role if he can develop a defensive game to go along with his to go along with his potential at three-point shooting and just he could be a really good player. The thing is, he's going to be fighting with a ton of guards for playing time. If there's one thing that Utah has, it's kind of like that shooting guard position. So he's going to be fighting with a lot of guys for, for playing time there. And he's like a three-level scorer as well. So, you know, again, at this point, I think they kind of added the best player that they thought was available there. I really like the pick. Like I said, if he can kind of get his defending down to a T, he can be a huge asset for this Utah team going forward because they don't really have a lot of shooting guards, point guards who can really defend. Bryce uh, Sensenbaugh, uh, Ohio State, small forward, 6'6", 16.3 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, and he's about 40.5% from three-point line. He's 46% on catch-and-shoot looks. He made some really good clutch shots for a team that really didn't wasn't that good last season showed some flashes defensively but needs to get better on that end so again like County George forced the opponents into some really tough shots he just needs to develop that consistency and if he can do that again like like County George he could become a real big asset for this team three-point shoot three-point shooting and his defense will be swing factors for him in the NBA again kind of like Keontae George strong frame should get better defensively and he just needs to learn how to use his body a little bit more than what he did at Ohio State and honestly Ohio State was so bad last year that I, I don't know if he really learned a lot of things on the way but these are these are things that he can definitely get better at and if he does he can become a really good player in the NBA and very serviceable and both him and, like I mentioned, George are, are three-level scorers. 
and they're going to need all of that um, going forward for them. So I thought that they did extremely well in this draft. And it feels like when with every pick that they had, they just pretty much took the best player on the board. And I think that sometimes is the best thing to do in the NBA draft. When you have, when you already have a core of young players and you really, I thought that they were going to trade some of their picks, but if you keep your players, then if you already have such a strong core of young players, you just take the best player that's available, in my opinion. And I think that they did that. And like I said, I thought Utah had a really good uh, draft as well. Some of the teams had a good draft. Dallas Mavericks, I think taking Derek Lively and Olivier uh, Maxine's Prosper. Derek Lively b- gives them some interior presence defensively. He's a good pick and roll guy. Uh, he only averaged, I think, five and five with Duke last season, but he did average close to three uh, blocks per game, which is going to go a long way for them. I think that's something that they've been missing for years now. So they've addressed that. Uh, Olivier Maxine's Prosper. They get kind of what they had in Dorian Finney-Smith. Hopefully a 3 and D guy. A guy who can defend and knock down three-point shots. So they've kind of addressed both of the things that they really needed in this draft. And that's interior presence and someone who can possibly lock down the opposing team's best offensive player. So kudos to them. And both of these guys, they don't really need the ball. And with Luka, you know, sometimes the ball is hard to get out of his hand. It sticks to his hand, as people say. And if they bring back Kyrie Irving, these guys might not get any looks, to tell you the truth. So defensively is where they're going to have to make a name for themselves, so to say. Uh, Detroit Pistons. Uh, Osir Thompson and Marcus Sasser. Both are pretty good defenders, especially Marcus. Marcus is a little bit undersized at about 6'1", 6'2". Marcus can make shots. Osir Thompson will give that backcourt some much-needed defense. So Jalen Green isn't exactly known for his defense, neither is... Kevin Porter Jr., neither is Josh Christopher, neither is pretty much any of their shooting guards, small forwards, or shooting guards and point guards. So I think Marcus Sasser is going to be a solid player for them off the bench, kind of like what um, Kaysen Wallace will provide for um, OKC going forward. So I think that was those two were kind of great picks as well. Um, I had Houston on this list as well, just because Cam Whitmore had dropped so much, and Cam Whitmore was definitely a guy that Houston was looking at with the number fourth pick where they took um, Amen Thompson, which is Osir's uh, twin brother. So now you're getting great value for a guy who's supposed to go top five, anywhere from five to 10, I would say. So you're getting a player like that 21st or whatever is 22nd overall, which they definitely didn't think was going to be there on the board for them at the start of the draft. So I think, again, Cam Whitmore and Amen Thompson kind of provide them with some defensive play. Because a lot of the guards don't do that very well. Uh, one of the surprises in the draft, I think Orlando Magic taking Jet Howard that high. Jet was projected to go late first to mid to late second round. So them taking him that high was a bit of a surprise. Um, didn't really like to pick that much. Anthony Black I really liked because with drafting Anthony Black, they're kind of telling... Jalen Suggs, like, we don't have a lot of time to wait for you. Same with Markel Fultz. Like, both guys who are injured a lot. They've missed a lot of games. And looks like they just said, listen, we're going to have to get a guy in here who can give us effort for at least 70 games a season. And, again, I didn't want to focus on losers, but the 76ers not having a pick and the New York Knicks not having a pick, 
I like when teams have picks in this draft. You know what I mean? Like, I think that goes a long way. And they didn't have picks in the draft, so I, if I had to maybe pick a loser, so to say, I would have those teams if I really had to pick one. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, again, another draft where there was surprises. Again, Jed Howard going that high, and I think Cam Whitmore uh, falling as low as he did. Uh, 20th overall to the Rockets were little surprises. Nick Smith as well to the Charlotte Hornets going 27th. A lot of people had him in that, I would say, uh, 10 to 15, 16 range. So there are some guys who obviously fell in the draft and guys who rose in the draft, which again is, is normal. It happens every year. So that's the episode for today. Just wanted to take a look at some of the winners and losers from the draft. Um, if you guys want, drop a comment. Tell me what, who you guys think the winners were in this draft. Yeah, that's the episode for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or whatever, wherever else you listen to your podcast to. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch up again sometime down the road. Peace.